0: Section 4 of the Catholic's Ready Answer This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Catholic's Ready Answer by Rev. M. P. Hill Section 4 Bible Interpretations Protestant Position The Bible teaches all necessary truth to all who approach the study of it in the right spirit. In the scriptures, God speaks to the human soul, and no interpreter of his words is needed but the soul itself, enlightened by the Holy Spirit. Catholic Position The above, if we mistake not, is a fair statement of the Protestant view of private interpretation. It differs essentially from the Catholic principle, according to which private interpretation is controlled by the authority of a divinely established church. But now a question. What are the grounds of the Protestant position? As the Bible is the Protestant's final rule of faith, he should be able to quote chapter and verse for this as well as for any other article of his faith. Where in the whole compass of it, the sacred writings is there passage enunciating the principle of private and independent interpretation? There are passages in abundance setting forth the benefits resulting from a reading of the Word of God, but none which declare that the individual reader is independent of all control of his interpretation of it. In opposing such independence, we do not mean to imply that the Bible is simply an unintelligible book. Quite the contrary. Many parts of Scripture are plain narratives of matters of fact, and the more obvious sense of the text is the true one, or at least one true one. But other parts of the bible are abound in mysteries or in other obscurities of one kind or another this was doubtless the case even in the original version of the several books but what shall we say of the modern translations the imperfect medium through which all but a few readers get a glimpse of the revealed truth now is it likely that every chance reader however good his disposition possesses a key to the scriptures, and sees his way through all their obscurity of thought and expression? Is it not to be feared that the assumption of such power of interpretation will have injurious, and in some cases even disastrous, effects upon the reader? St. Peter the Apostle, speaking of the epistles of St. Paul, says of them that they contain certain things hard to be understood which the unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures, to their own destruction. 2 Peter 3.16 If this declaration made by no less an authority than St. Peter, and to the very people to whom the epistles of St. Paul were addressed, was justified at the time, is it not to be feared that now, after twenty centuries, the same causes are producing even worse effects? The Apostle here mentions two effects, which he traces to three causes. The two effects are, one, the resting, that is to say, the twisting or distorting of the meaning of Scripture. Two, the spiritual self-destruction of the reader. The causes are, one, the intrinsic difficulties of the text, two, ignorance, three, instability. Unsteadfastness, as it reads in the revised version. The same three causes are in operation today, and doubtless tend in varying degrees to produce the same effects. The text, with its intrinsic difficulties, remains. Ignorance remains. For the three R's are the highest reach of knowledge for millions, and what special insight into Scripture is furnished by the three R's? But have not some gone much farther than the three R's? Surely, they have learned their chemistry, or their physics, or their mathematics. But none of these sciences furnish a key to the obscurities of St. Paul. But have we no theologians or exegetes? Certainly we have. And they have helped us not a little to understand the sacred volume. But if we may believe, Dr. Littledale, it was just from this class that most of the ancient heresies took their rise and all the theology in the world cannot, of itself, secure a man from that instability of which St. Paul speaks. That is to say, from that intellectual and moral giddiness which often accompanies the greatest learning. But our opponents will tell us at least let a man approach the reading of the Scripture in a prayerful spirit, and he may expect to receive interior illumination. Doubtless, a prayerful reading of Scripture has produced much insight into the meaning of the sacred text. But let us not mistake the issue in the present discussion. We do not deny the possibility of personal illumination. God, from the beginning, has deigned to speak to the individual soul. But, and this is the most important thing we have to say in the present article, there is nothing more illusory than the impression of having been enlightened from on high, and in the whole course of religious history, nothing has proved more pernicious than the seeing in supposed illumination a practical rule of faith or of conduct. Where God does really enlighten, no one can enlighten us so well. But it is one thing to be enlightened, another to think one is enlightened. Many of our Catholic saints have received what they have described as marvelous illumination, but none were more distrustful of such illumination than the very recipients of it. And yet, Just the contrary has been the case with those leaders of men, from Luther to Mrs. Eddy, who have confidently proclaimed a special illumination in their interpretation of Scripture. And when we see the number of such claimants to inspiration and compare their clashing creeds, all based on the same word of God, and listen to the war of words in which each denounces all the others, we begin to see the utter hollowness of the theory of private interpretation. Religious chaos was never intended to be the result of the preaching of the Christian revelation. And yet chaos is the necessary result of Christian preaching when it is based on private interpretation. But worse than chaos are the ultimate logical consequences of the theory. For amidst the chaos, at least some fragments of the truth remain. But even these are destined to disappear under the powerful solvent of independent judgment, The principle of private judgment is today working itself out most consistently in the land of its origin. In Germany, individual judgment, even amongst the ministers of religion, who are supposed to have committed themselves to a fixed creed, is rapidly dissolving the fabric of Christianity itself. Personal illumination is, therefore, in no absolute sense a safe guide. In one's meditation on Scripture, one may, of course, feel that reflection throws some light upon words or sentences heretofore obscure. Many sound conclusions may be drawn. Spiritual insight may increase. But still, considering that there are many things in Scripture hard to be understood, and that so many readers of Scripture have been mistaken in their interpretations, it is only rational that one should submit to guidance if a guide can be found and that a guide has been provided by a kind providence cannot be a matter of doubt when one reflects on the unspeakable wisdom displayed in all God's works and, on the other hand, on the sad consequences which are seen to follow the rejection of authority in so important a matter as the interpretation of the Word of God. Evidently, then, there is an infallible interpreter appointed by God Himself, and that infallible interpreter can be no other than the Church of Christ, which Saint Paul tells us is the pillar and ground of truth, First Timothy three fifteen. End of section four. Recording by Alex Durbin.